On this episode of Thinking Well. It's not to me relevant whether or not our forefathers were Christians or not at all. Um, But it is relevant that the people that were attracted to this country were. The reality is there was a period of time where 80 or more percent of this nation were Christian because that's what was attracted here. And so whether the forefathers were Christian or not, they set up something that Christians from Ireland and Italy and from Mexico and other places were definitely attracted to that. And although people have been attracted of all walks of faith, uh, mostly it's been Christians. And so you could say that we are a Christian nation. Um, It doesn't mean that we were designed to be. It doesn't mean that it is written into the Constitution, which it is not. It barely mentions God, doesn't mention God. I think what I have the hardest time with is um, the stretch from you have the right to vote to you must vote. But it was a struggle for me because there's a lot of stuff that could happen in this upcoming session that would personally affect our family because of how this election turned out. And so people just emotionally react. It's, it's, it's a very personal thing. The two-party political system just blows my mind that that's what we're using, you know? And so to me, to go, well, we have these two choices, like, no, that's BS. We're, there's something better than that. Christian nationalism has become a hotly debated topic within America in the past couple years. In this episode, we discuss whether or not America is a Christian nation, give different perspectives on Christian nationalism, and talk about how Christians should interact in politics and more. We hope that you come away from this episode having a better understanding of what is being discussed in culture and the confidence to stand on the convictions that God has given you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Well. I'm Dan, joined by my good friends, Jay Bryan. Hi, Dan. Rachel. Hello. And Jordan. Hi. How are you guys doing tonight? So good. <laughs> so good. That's awesome. I Tell- really, I'm really, I love our topic tonight. It's going to be great. Yes, it will be. Well, I'm interested to hear how your week's been going. Any highlights? Probably the opposite of highlights. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, no, there have been highlights. So um, today, my two youngest were helping me make pancakes, and Audrey was, like, teaching Rivers, you know? Uh, And she goes, I'm going to teach you Rivers. And then when she was, like, stirring, he goes, wow, you're fast. And it was really cute (laughs) because they're usually fighting. So it was very cute. And they're four and two, so they they know nothing. They know nothing. (laughs) That's, maybe that's a good place to be, though. Probably. Right. Knowing like, nothing, yeah. Yeah, as little as possible would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have some great news. Um, so about a month ago, um, we changed our car insurance plan, and part of the deal is that you have to plug these little things into the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they measure like how fast you go and how yeah. hard you brake. And according to the app, which tracks everything, I am a a terrible driver and my wife and kids make sure to let me know it because they look at my braking events <laughs> on the app so it sounds like great news so far dan yeah, yeah. uh well he- here we go oh boy i've gone a week without a hard braking event 
Nice. In my car, and so I'm I'm a clean driver. Right now, you just um, drive right through those deer. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if someone slams on their brakes in front of you, it's not your fault. That's right. It's not. Yeah. But no, the insurance company doesn't know that. No, exactly. I I think it's a it's all about scam. context. Yeah, yep. it really is. So. Oh, it really is. A week of clean breaking for me. There you go. Praise the Lord. Um, One week sober. Good job. I had to, uh, you know, we, we gave ourselves a little bit of grace because we've uh, had a few weeks uh, in between podcasts. So you said that we could go back a few. It doesn't have to be this week. Mm-hmm. So I went to last week and that didn't cut it for me. I went <laughs> I went to this week, you know, things that happened to me this week. And that was, no, that wasn't good. I don't even want to talk even about worse, it on the right? air. Right. So I decided to go back to the marathon. And go. so I purposed to run a marathon to support uh, a lady that goes to our church, which is Rachel's mom. And uh, but along the way, what I did was is I um, agreed to do something that was impossible for me to do under my own power, which was run a marathon. There was no way I was physically you know, trained for it or, or ready or any of those things. And my goal was to make it to the end and to get a medal. And we got it. So yeah. I did not come in first place or even nine or six thousandth place, but I did beat three thousand other people. So I got that going there for you me. Go. And you're like in your face. Well, they weren't there. <laughs> oh, they didn't right. show. But anyway, <laughs> there were three to be to be clear, three thousand people didn't finish. And so Ooh. you finish. That's amazing. You beat those people. So anyway, that was honestly great experience because I did it with God, not not on my own. So that was cool. Well, that's awesome. Good stuff. Yep. I'm going to go much more surfacey. Um, so obviously there's been some news about Twitter lately. <laughs> I don't know if every, oh everyone's been... Uh, <laughs> what? Calm down. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> been keeping track of that, but um, just want you guys to know. Elon Musk replied to you? No, I'm, <laughs> no, no. Not as good. Man, that would be just the icing on the cake. No, I'm I'm just verified on Twitter now. So if you guys need me to like, you know, push anything, I'm I've got the blue check mark. Oh, blue! Wow, costs all of eight dollars. Wow. Well, we that's a little gray area. It oh, might okay. have cost eight dollars. It might have been free. It cost yeah. eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> did the did the former president get a check mark yet? I, I don't know. He has not been reinstated. Why do you yet? get a check mark? Right. <laughs> I mean, he's got his truth sh- social that he's just. Gangbusters. Is that yeah. still a thing? Uh, it is for a few more days, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, until, he, until he's on Twitter, then yeah, okay. there's that. Well, mm. I mean, I honestly, it's just funny because apparently a couple days ago, it was everything. Like, they lost enough employees where it was supposed to, like, just stop working. But it's like, yeah, Twitter just rolls on. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It's like a... Well, so then that you had that's a good thing that happened this week. I'm I'm glad for you. Yeah, no, it was yeah, no, it's great. I love it. And where can people follow you, Jordan? Um, you know, I don't remember what my handle is. Even actually, hold on, I don't even I can't you even remember. You don't want people to to know, do you? Well, You'd rather keep your tweets. It's like all sports. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's mostly I mean. all sports. It's mostly at this point complaining about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and just. Oh, I think he's throwing the season. I think he's got I mean, some gambling debts or something. Yeah, fifty million bucks. You'd think he'd, you know, th- right. throw up right. the ball a little bit. Jordan underscore CD. I will take if I get any new followers from this. It'll be yeah. No, I'm ready. You will be thrilled. Thrilled, <laughs> but be prepared to be disappointed in your content. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we are talking. Um about Christian nationalism, and not just Christian nationalism. We're going to talk about 
is America a Christian nation? And how, as Christians, should we engage in politics? And I am absolutely... (laughs) Well, ask me a year ago, and I would not want to have this conversation at all. And part of me really does not want to have this conversation still. But (laughs) I think... I think it's important to have as Christians, because if we can't have it together, and we all know each other here around this table, so if we couldn't even have a good faith dialogue between us, I don't think there's any hope for anyone. So um, That's right. And if this never makes it on the air, then we'll know how this went. Right. (laughs) Four of us will know. So I'm just interested to know, before we even get started, why you guys think it's important or valuable to have this discussion. Uh, well, I've been uncomfortable uh, about this, and I'm a political animal, um, but I'm also uh, a faith-based animal, and I've been uncomfortable with the topic for several years now, um, for all kinds of reasons, not the least of which is, is that my wife is a pastor of our church, and uh, so there's a part of me that's extremely protective of her, and Christian nationalism has crept into her, uh, you know, how she how she is to manage this building. I don't I don't know that she's consciously changing the way she does stuff, but but I I like feel the tension inside mm-hmm. by the way Christian nationalism uh, manifests in this community. I feel the pressure that she's under to uh, be careful uh, mm-hmm. how she preaches and how she tries to reach out to everybody and try not to um, step on toes. Yeah. I think it's important to point out the idols that we might have in our political lives. But also, I think it's important to have this conversation to clarify terms and um, just be like, okay, are we talking about the same thing or are we on two different pages here? And um, I think that several different people have several different versions of Christian nationalism. So I think it's important to sort through those. You know what, Dan? I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> okay. He's just here for the laughs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, let's just dive right in then. Um, I think before we can talk about Christian nationalism, we need to talk about America itself and talk about is America a Christian nation? Has America ever been a Christian nation? Because I think what we believe about our founding and our story and the whole narrative around that kind of shapes the present and then the future, like what we're striving for. So let me just start with that. Is America a Christian nation? Has America ever been a Christian nation? Rachel, you want to go first? I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, a nation can't be saved. So no, we're not a Christian nation. But also, um, we don't have a state religion. So like, Technically, we're not a Christian nation. And the Founding Fathers wanted it that way. They wanted it to be freedom of religion. Hmm. So, no, we're not. And But it was, I believe, looking back and looking in um, just some of our founding documents, I do believe that it was founded upon biblical ideas and beliefs. Yeah. So that doesn't make it a Christian nation, though. No, okay. because we don't we don't have a state religion. Well, as it relates to the founding fathers, and this is where when we all first walked into the room and before we went on the air, so to speak, um, 
I said, well, I was a little surprised by some of the things that I learned because it is commonly bantered about that our founding fathers uh, were Christians and uh, Bible believers and so on, and it, that's only partly true. It is partly true. Many of them were, but many of them were deists. Um, I've heard that term lots of times without really knowing what I was talking about, even if when I used it. Um, but my understanding of a deist, and this includes George Washington and Ben, ben Franklin, people like that, was that um, there is a supreme being that created everything and then just sort of stepped aside. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's my concept of that. So there's a whole bunch of that. Um, and they did, like you said, Rachel, they did want to create a country that um, had freedom of religion, not freedom from mm -hmm. religion, which is a different thing, but yeah. freedom of religion. And so there's a whole bunch of that. There are a lot of college-educated um, founding fathers that even back then, and this is funny, we think that uh, colleges have been polluting the minds of our children only in the last 20 years. <laughs> but, you know, uh, honestly, for hundreds of years, people that went to college uh, tended to be more likely to be like that, to be deists or even atheists mm. and things like that. There were certainly, there's always believers that goes to college. I'm not making as a huge grand sweeping statement, but uh, in any event, there was, a, there was a whole bunch of that. Um, but they weren't all Christians. Right. But what is true is that many of them were raised um, learning how to read and things like that using something called the Bible. And so there's a, you'll find a whole lot of biblical sort of wordy things um, when you see the Founding Fathers' original documents and so on. And that can be confused for us being um, starting as a Christian nation mm -hmm. while it wasn't necessarily. Yeah. I think if we're going to ask that question, we got to define, like, what do you mean by Christian nation? So um, I, don't, I don't personally get to decide what that means, but there's a few different definitions floating around there. Um, one, we've kind of talked about this, is the idea that our founding fathers were Christian. And, you know, I've, I read a lot of stuff that, yes, they were. No, some of them weren't. They were deists. I don't know. I don't know enough about history to say decisively what they believed. I feel like you'd have to go back and ask them what they believed to really get an accurate answer about so that. So we need a time machine. Yes. There also reading their personal like letters, too, mm -hmm. that you can find sure. anywhere. So yeah. Not anywhere, but... <laughs> yep. Another definition that I've come across is that America is a Christian nation because we were founded on... Judeo-Christian values. And I don't know what I think about that. Like, I obviously think, yes, we were... Like, the culture was Christian, predominantly Christian back it then. It was. I don't think that's something you can debate. But if we're going to say Judeo-Christian values is what makes a Christian nation, I feel like a lot of countries would get to claim that. Mm -hmm. And just as a side note, I don't know if this fits in here, but... There's a lot of countries that were not founded on Judeo-Christian values that still hold like some basic morality. Mm -hmm. And so, first of all, I don't, I don't believe that human beings are inherently good. I do believe Christianity is the best way to flourish. Like, I'm, I'm not saying all religions um, lead to God. But you could, you could look at a country like Japan, for instance... And they have a really low crime rate. Their kind of national sexual ethic of like what they 
deem as acceptable is actually even more conservative than America. So if we're just going to measure like some very surfacey things of crime and and basic morality like that, I don't know if that's enough to define. Yeah, you could. There's a lot of different ways to define success. That's yeah. also a nation that has a high depression rate. Um, I might be overstating this to say a high suicide rate. Yep. Um, huge pressure that the community in general is under. So there's they could be successful, but um, that kind of success doesn't necessarily make an, uh, help a nation flourish or not. It might not be our jam, so to speak. Yeah. Um, there's things about our nation that we've been able to flourish uh, in a different way. Um, and I, do you mind if I backtrack a little bit there? Regarding yeah, go ahead. The, um, so uh, we, it's, it's not to me relevant whether or not our forefathers were Christians or not at all. Um, but it is relevant that the people that were attracted to this country were. And so what happened, you know, even if the stats today are like 64% of this country are Christian and, you know, there's fear like, you know, in, in the next few years it's going to be 55 and then 50 and all that stuff. The reality is there was a period of time where 80 or more percent of this nation were Christian because that's what was attracted here. And so whether the forefathers were Christian or not, they set up something that Christians from Ireland and Italy and from Mexico and other places were definitely attracted to that. And although people have been attracted of all walks of faith, uh, mostly it's been Christians. And so you could say that we are a Christian nation. Um, it doesn't mean that we were designed to be. It doesn't mean that it is written into the Constitution, which it is not. It barely mentions God, doesn't mention mm-hmm. God. And the uh, Declaration of Independence uh, alludes to God, kind of mentions him three and a half times. Yeah. And uh, But but we are a Christian nation. That's a different answer to the a different question, maybe. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Um, I just have some more stats on our current makeup. Um, so the Bonner Group, which is like a Christian evangelical research polling group, they did a study back in 2020, and they found that 25% of Americans identify as practicing Christians. So not just I identify as a Christian, but like I actually practice Christianity. And interestingly, like their standard for that was like, do you attend church at least once a month? Oh, wow. (laughs) And would you say your faith is important to you? Like it was a pretty low bar. So 25%? Yep. But can we trust any like results from 2020? (laughs) <laughs> no. uh, this was actually done in February. So <clears throat> okay, I get it. Yeah, 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 I get where you're going. So that's where it started. Oh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, of that 25 percent, and this number struck me, 28 percent of practicing Christians, so 28 percent of that subset, believe that all people pray to the same God or Spirit, no matter what name they use for that spiritual being. What? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard similar things too. Like, I believe in Jesus. So I don't believe right. He's the Son of God. Like, what we actually set the bar for Orthodox right. Christianity. Like, if we were going to define Christian by that measure, um, like, yeah, Christians are in the minority. Yeah. By a lot. Yep. So. Yeah. So yeah. people, That's... people that go to church once a month and so on. Uh, you're saying that number or the or the 
Which number? Yeah, 28% of the 25% was that. Yeah. And that would be interesting to see because Mormons consider themselves to be Christians, too. So even though Christians don't consider them to be Christians. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know about the past, but where we are today, are we a Christian nation? I would say no, but you, you would say yes. So I'm interested to hear about that. Sure. Um, now, to some degree, uh, like especially in Europe, for example, if you were to ask somebody, are, are you a Christian? There's a larger number that would say that they're Christian than is even possible because most of them don't go to church. 10% of the, the country goes to church mm. or something like that. So I mean, so I, rec- I recognize, but I, I don't think, I don't know what else you can go by. If you ask somebody, are you, what, what faith are you? Whatever they check the box as is how they identify. That is the culture we live in now, right? Mm-hmm. However right. you identify, then that makes it so. All right, we won't go there today. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying that. Yeah. So statistics say, depends on what you look at, 64% say that they're Christians right now. And But I already know that 28% of the nation goes to church. And whether that's 25 or 28%, um, that they're active and so on. But the overall, what makes my house work and our next door neighbor's house and the next door neighbor and one after that, they all operate under whether they are aware of it or not, those values that swirl right. around that faith. Yeah. Right. Now, as time goes by, as we, you know, as there's less God in school and less people attending church and so on, that influence is going to be smaller and smaller. And eventually people, fewer and fewer people are going to say, I identify as a Christian. But right now the, the Judeo-Christian influence in this nation, I still believe is high. Um, I'm not trying to jump into other people's heads, but whether they know it or not, they they are making good decisions and being kind to their neighbor and not stealing other people's stuff <clears throat> because of that Christian Judeo ethic in this. Right. I mean, before those were laws in America, they were biblical <laughs> commandments, you know. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I'm not sure what I think about that anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> about I, those Christian values? No. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait a no. We're I, still friends though, right? Yes. I mean, yes. Okay, all right. No, obviously I believe like... Yes, like the Ten Commandments have been the foundation for a lot of um, values that people hold. I guess as I was thinking about it more, um, maybe I'm pushing back against like a certain idea where you hear people say like, if we if we lose the Christianity in this nation, it's just going to descend into chaos and there'll be murder in the streets and theft. And I'm one of those people. Okay, and he, here's why I'm not. I, Like I said, I don't believe human beings are inherently good, but I do believe God is hardwired into um, humans and governments like this desire for order just to survive. Because mm-hmm. you can look at lots of very secular nations that don't have those Judeo-Christian values, and they're still structuring and ordering themselves in a way, I'm not saying it's good or blessed by God. I'm just saying, like, if it was true that without Christianity, you just have chaos in the streets and murder and rape and everything mm. everywhere, like, you would only have Christian nations left over. Um, well, um, but partly what you're talking about is just control or mm-hmm. tyranny or there's a lot of things that would, that would make that work. You could yeah. You could control the masses by saying, this is your job, this is what you do, we will kill your family unless you do what we say. And, and that would work, and there would be order. And that, I mean, that works in China. That works in uh, 
in some aspects even today uh, still yeah. in, in certain other countries. But uh, in any event, there's a lot of things that would work. It just so happens, though, that um, I, I have a, a Jewish man that I admire greatly that says that in only in this country would he be able to practice his faith and live the way he does. Uh, only in this country would he be able to do it. There's no other place in the world where he could be that free yeah. to do that. And the, the uh, style of government that we have and the values that we have, which I still call Judeo-Christian values, uh, make that possible. So people are inclined to want to care for each other and do the right thing and control and be willing to submit to a red light or a green light or whatever as they're driving on the road because of that, not because um, they're afraid their family is going to be taken away if they don't follow the rules. Sure. Um, I really do have an enormous amount of trust that people will not do the right thing if left to their own devices. They will they will pick the wrong card every time. And, and yeah. No, I, I and I agree. And just to say again, like I don't believe we're all inherently good. Like I think I think you're right. Yeah, left to our own devices, we will kind of do what we want, what's best for us. And maybe some of that is like some self preservation, some survival of the fittest. Like I'm gonna be nice to you, but I'm gonna be nice to you for me. Because it's in right. my best interest. Right. Um yeah. so, anyway. Maybe, maybe think like Wild Wild West or something yeah. like that where People were willing, well, it's, think after 9-11, people were willing to give up some freedoms to feel safe again. Mm. And um, so there's a lot, there's, anyway, that's a whole other conversation too, but <laughs> yep. that's not how we started though. <laughs> okay, does anyone want to add to that? Man, that could be a whole other podcast right there. <laughs> well, I do. I do want to say uh, before we move on to um, the next part of the topic is that just clearly our documents, our founding documents, that I thought for sure when I looked up before we did this today, we're going to verify that this has always been a Christian nation. It's just not the case. In the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, we have the right to be able to practice our faith, but. I wasn't able to find evidence that the forefathers said that, and the best way to do it was a Judeo-Christian influence. Yeah. Am I? Am I? What do you think? Well, even like in the Constitution, um, or I, I ordered like a whole book um, to research this, and it was saying, you know, um, every person, you know, has inalienable rights um, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I was like. That's not biblical, though, you know? It's interesting. Um, life, maybe, like that, yeah, like God gives us life, but that's Sanctity not even... Sanctity of life. Sanctity of life, yeah. But I was like, God doesn't promise the pursuit of happiness, you know? Yeah. But they say, like, these rights endowed by their creator. And so I'm like, but they're not. So that part, like, caught me up a little bit. I was like, yeah. well, I wasn't. Oh. I wasn't going to get into this, but since you mentioned it, like... Human dignity and the value of human life and that all men are created equal. Like, I I think I would say, yeah, that's God-given. The problem yeah. is we don't let the Bible challenge or define what that actually looks like. And so you could say all men are created equal, and yet in our nation's history, men in, in power have decided upon themselves, like, who's in or who's out. I'm just saying, like... Um, those ideals are very pliable and like mm -hmm. open to interpretation. So it's one thing to say they're they're from God, but like how it plays out on the ground is very yeah. open. Right. And an argument could be made that 
um, God blessed this nation with those leaders, um, with the wisdom to write those rules the way they were written. Um, I mean, that that's also a different conversation. Well, I was, yeah, I was just going to say, like, the Constitution, like, laid the groundwork. Like, even though people own slaves and everything, it did lay the groundwork for saying that slavery is now outlawed. Yeah. So, um, you know, people, they, they relied on the Constitution because we're a constitutional republic, not a democracy. Um, <laughs> they relied on the Constitution, and the Constitution laid out that, yeah, so that laid the groundwork for freedom, too. Right. Yeah. I'm not aware, but um, somebody that's listening to this will, you know, tell me down the road, but to what degree did they pray before they met? Did they pray every time? Was there, um, were they seeking the Lord uh, before they sat down and wrote uh, the next part of the Declaration or certain aspects of the Constitution? Did that happen? I'm just curious, anybody? I have no clue. My dad knows a lot about this, so he could probably tell you. Well, you know, I'd like, I, he's not know, here, though, is he? That's, that's <laughs> probably, that's, in spirit. that's, a, that's another road to look down because, I mean, we do count on that. We do count on uh, divine divine intervention. Mm. Um, when we're working on something, we pray before we worship together. Uh, we, we pray before this uh, this podcast began. Uh, we ask God to be in the middle of it. And, you know, to that degree, if our founding fathers were that group that did that um, before every session, then God was involved in the, in the handiwork, even though it, it's not necessarily evident in the final outcome. Yeah. I wasn't there, so I can't judge people's hearts. I am cautious to, um, how do I want to say this without sounding like a jerk? Um, it's, I feel like it's really easy to pull God's name into something. Right. Um, Bob Dylan wrote this song with God on our side and he, it's basically like an anti-war song talking about all these things mm-hmm. that he was taught and it's okay because God's on our side. And I'm not saying like, the founders were just flippant about bringing God in. Uh, I think that would be wrong. But I just want to recognize the human tendency when doing great endeavors to um, to bring God in. I mean... There's been a lot of bad stuff done yeah. in his name. Yeah. You yeah. know, people I thinking mean, this, is, this is God's will. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a manipulation, yeah. Yeah. to Christian nationalism. What's that? And what is that? All right. No, really. What is that? Yeah, let's, I, let's I start. Because some, some of our listeners, they might have heard the term, but just not really know what it is, or they couldn't explain it in their own words. And I was probably one of those people. Like, I knew, I, I know what it is. It's one of those things you know it when you see it, or certain examples of it anyway. Um, explain it to me like I'm an eight-year-old. <laughs> Well, I, I'm curious to hear what your definition I, is. I wouldn't say I have a definition. I just am aware of a few definitions. Mm. Um, 
One, I've, I've seen this floating around on social media. I think it's a lazy definition. I'm sorry if you guys hold to this, but this whole thing of like, well, would you rather live in a Christian nation or a secular nation? And if I say Christian nation, they're like, ha, you're a Christian nationalist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that my only option? Is there no nuance <laughs> at all? Um, another one is that um, Christianity should influence the nation and its laws. And I, th- I think I could get on board with that to some degree. But I would also just want to ask, like, is that really Christian nationalism or is that just a Christian being engaged in Ooh, democracy? Exactly. Like, yeah. that seems like the need to define that as Christian nationalism is kind of new. Like, I don't ever remember that being a definition I actually never remember Christian nationalism as a term growing up. It's no. new. Yeah. I was looking up, I was doing some research, and it's a relatively new term that has happened in like the last two to four years, maybe. Yeah. I looked at the Google search history trends and like oh, spikes in uh, 2020. Tw- well, there's a little bit like before in the, in the Trump era, but then yeah, 2021, it spikes. <laughs> and then actually, like in the last year, especially the last six months, it's just spiked again. Interesting. And even, like, just Googling it, it's brought up podcasts and books, and, like, I feel like everyone is talking about this right now. So that's another definition. Uh, One more, and then I'll let you guys chime in. Um, America and its government should identify as Christian Mm. with (laughs) (laughs) with laws being passed to protect and promote Christian values and culture. And uh, I forgot to put this in my notes. I would say there's even like a next level of Christian nationalism that I'm just aware of by experience. Super Christian nationalism. Yeah, and it's this whole idea that like America is a special chosen nation by God and it has a role to play in the end times. Mm. Um, It's on par or just below Israel. Mm. Right. Um, And that's another another definition out there too which um, i do not hold to no yeah, what is, no exactly okay is everyone in agreement there what do you think about that jay brian about we're on par with so israel? there's god israel and then right below is good old us of a well Woo! i tend to um i've read <laughs> the bible um, oh, cool. however um would never claim to be an expert my recollection and uh, the time that I spend in the Bible is, is that we're not mentioned in the end times. I heard that too, yeah. So, so there, I, I usually start with there. However, I also recognize that we have a purpose and an influence in, in, in events that happen all around the world and uh, that sending missionaries matters and on and on. So, I, But is that more as Christians or is that as Americans? Well, I've always thought of it as Christians. Right. Yeah. I guess I happen to be, yeah. I am an American, but I am a Christian first. Right. And um, so that's kind of interesting. I was, yeah. yeah, I was just seeing because I know, I know a lot of people kind of take that. Well, I don't necessarily a lot of people, but take that as like more yeah, than I'm comfortable with. It's not yeah. a fringe view. I wouldn't describe it as a fringe. No, it's uh, it's pretty prevalent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially right. in the evangelical, right? Like, uh, well, I would say non-denominational charismatic world. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, there we go. Because I think. To me, the charismatic, yeah, probably takes also that a little more Also, probably in the Baptist. I've, oh, I've man. Seen, you know. Why you always got a rag on the Baptist? Well, because they, like, weren't they the ones 
who who are the ones who had like the flags all around the fl- I don't know like they what flags AG, never the mind. AG church right? was it assembly uh, of God assembly of yeah. God yeah okay with okay. the oh with the Christian flag or whatever or what well that and then all the other flags were on the show. I mean they they obviously promote oh yeah that's mission. more assembly they, of God yeah they have yeah, okay. missions and all know. those churches and yeah. all that just make sure the U S flag is the biggest one right, right. the biggest yeah. and the first so and I have I've got some opinions about that but, where's um, J- the flag of Djibouti. <laughs> <laughs> It's Djibouti. It's a country. Okay. It is. It is. <laughs> I thought it was pronounced. I'm serious. Yabooty. Yabooty. I thought this was reference to the appointment I had yesterday. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a soft J. I always say. <laughs> I don't think a, it is. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Um, well, so Israel, America, Yabooty or Djibouti, <laughs> however you want to say it. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate that we as Christians have a role right. in all those things. Yeah. As and I, Christians. And I am conscious of the fact that there's a great many people in this country. It was a little bit more popular or more widely spoken about maybe 10 or 20 years ago uh, during like 9-11 days where we were going to play a big role in Israel uh, oh, and yeah. rising up and end time stuff and all this stuff. But uh, And we were trying to... There are people... In the church that we're hoping to make it go faster, like if we press this button and do this thing, then what? <laughs> this will engage in times. Ready? Everyone hit their key um, at the same I mean, time. Some, tell me, somebody else has heard that. I, well, I, I maybe. I mean, we I were, was probably too young. Yeah, I feel like. Sorry. Oh my gosh! The three of us here were born after that was like a a big thing. Well, Show he said during nine eleven. Yeah. Way yeah. back oh, when oh. you were little whippers. Right. Didn't no. you say during nine eleven? Yeah, though? I said like after right 9/11? after nine eleven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. During, yeah, during those days, certain oh. pastors. I I can't. I'm not gonna. Not going to quote names. I don't know the names, but pastors from Texas. I I could probably guess. Certain people, and you know, he would never. Never. I was just thinking about like in the early '80s, late '70s. Like, yeah, I've I've heard stories uh, like people I know that like kind of got married quickly because they thought Jesus was coming back. (laughs) Well, like. I, yeah, this is this has happened. This has happened forever, right? Not, not just in yeah. my lifetime, which was obviously before your lifetime. But I mean, it is, overlaps, right? But over over thirty, sixty, a hundred years half. ago, people have always thought he, he's coming. It's, yeah, I'm not even yeah. making fun of these people because it was like taught to them and handed. I'm just kidding. To them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. No, but it was like a yeah, a, right. a cultural thing, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. books and movies, and yeah. like man, it. Um, How could you not be like influenced right. by it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just curious. sorry. It's just funny to me how people like, oh, Jesus is going to come back. Let's get married. Like that's the first thought. That's well. I mean, if they're virgins, <laughs> I get it. What, do, what do you mean, <laughs> teenage boys? Well, 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 Brian. I'm, no, I can't go any further. That's your talk to have, and that's not mine. I'm uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Rachel, how do you it's define Christian songs. nationalism? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, I looked at the definition of nationalism because I was curious what just nationalism was. And identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. And I was like, well, wouldn't you want to put your own nation first? Like, um, you... You take care of your own family first before you, you know, help out another family, right? So why wouldn't you want to put your nation put your nation first. before other nations? Mm. Like, I get that. That makes sense to me. And maybe not as a Christian. Like, yes, we should welcome 
um, you know, people, but the role of the government in America is to protect protect its people. So, um, and so I was, when I looked up Christian nationalism, I was like, why is nationalism in there? Because it feels like redundant? it's completely, no, it doesn't oh. feel redundant. It feels like completely disconnected. Oh. So the definition of nationalism is identification with one's own nation and support for its interests. Excluding. And then Christian nationalism is the belief that a, the American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. It feels disconnected to me. Does it seem disconnected to you guys? Because that felt like... Those two definitions seem disconnected. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was... Yeah, so that just threw me off a little bit. Um, so I don't agree with that definition of Christian nationalism like we talked about. But nationalism, I'm like, why is that bad? I Oh, sure. Is there a definition of Christian nationalism that you do feel comfortable with? Um, yeah, so I, I feel like culture, like you said, like, <laughs> oh, you want to vote to keep abortion illegal? You're a Christian nationalist. Well, right. no, that's just me voting according to my beliefs. Yep. So if that makes me a Christian nationalist, then, yep, that's what I am. But everybody else is voting according to their beliefs, whether they believe it or not. Right. So there's atheist nationalists, too. Well, in, yes. in theory, yeah, right, yes, right. in theory, sure. not in theory, in in practice, in practice. and hmm. um, people who aren't Christians who are very anti-God are voting according to their beliefs, and they want a nationalism, and they even want to force it on others. Whereas I feel like Christians are like, live your own life, just don't, you know. Sure. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know about but, that. But but I feel like <laughs> but I feel like culture has a different definition of Christian nationalism than what the definition is. What the definition is of nationalism. Interesting. So, I don't know. Was so, that confusing? Yeah. Explain to me like I'm five. <laughs> I, I just did. No. <laughs> but I'm I'm done. All right. I can tell you. Um, uh, this happened to Renee and I last year. This is sadly the first time I heard the term Christian nationalism was when Alan Ross spoke it over Renee and I. So I think it was during a Sunday service. He's a prophet, for those of you listening at home. Scottish. Uh, that uh, he's, uh, he's a good friend of this church and of, of our family. But uh, as he was um, giving a, a word over uh, Renee and me, uh, the uh, the word was and it was something to the effect of and you will be you will be uh, at the forefront of a of a new Christian nationalism and uh, I can tell you my wife cringed like as in gripped my hand uh, and to but I'm just going well I mean that makes sense <laughs> to me the reason why it makes sense to me whatever it is is I uh, I could see the connection between our Christianity and for our family, our political involvement, and by that I mean my political involvement, and seeing uh, seeing that there could be a bridge created because of that, that might be a kinder, gentler version of whatever people perceive mm. Christian nationalism to be right now. Um, my heart is never to offend any brother or sister because of what my beliefs are, my political beliefs are, which is why I'm a fan of not talking about it in church, um, because we all have we all have opinions. So what? It's about Jesus. That's what we're here for. But what we do outside of the church, given those um, 
predispositions regarding our faith and so on and politics. I think that's a thing and that's possible and that there might be a need for a new version of that coming soon. So I just blurted all that out there to say that whatever it is, uh, there might be a new version of it coming. Mm. And uh, I'd be I'd be interested in that. What I've seen up to now and how it um, raises the, the hair on the back of some people's necks, I'm not necessarily a fan of. Yeah. It's been interesting to me. I talked about how it's a relatively new term. Um, and I feel like, Rachel, you mentioned the kind of view where um, you're a Christian and so you'll vote your value and then someone will label you a Christian nationalist. I feel like in response to that, like I've seen a lot of Christians, I don't know if I can say a lot, but like on social media, the, the prominent influences and, and teachers are now like trying to sanitize the term or defend it whereas like they weren't even trying to two years ago and I wonder if that's like is there something good in Christian nationalism that's worth defending or is it simply a case of like we're being attacked by the left or Mm. by people who don't believe in God and so like now I need to like defend this because I I looked at different people's positions what they were saying about Christian nationalism when it first flared up, um, you know, right around January 6th, or even even before that, that term was starting to pick up steam. And um, one one person, and this this person has like a large following on Instagram, and they have a YouTube channel, and she said, this is February of 2021, Christian nationalism has no biblical foundation and should be condemned by Christians who follow God's word. And you would not recognize that person now because they're really like in favor of it and defend it. And I just, it's fine if people change their minds. I just want their reasons to be honest about it and mm-hmm. not just like, well, if I, if I critique Christian nationalism, then I have something in common with the left or deconstructing people and they're the enemy, so I can't do that. So I'm gonna like take this position and defend it. So is there a correlation between Christian nationalists and January 6th um, that I'm not aware of? I feel like that term just came out after all of that happened. You I, know what, what's interesting I about that, like now I'm going to defend them, uh, I have a lot of friends who are, in fact, Christian nationalists, whether they call themselves that or not. I mean, I would term them that, who were actually there on January 6th, but Careful. did not <laughs> storm the Capitol. They were there for because they just fervently they were they were believing that well I've got a chance to pray with the president and uh, and they came back and heard about it either on the flight on the way back or they were they were in there I talked to one family that they were in the hotel afterwards and they didn't know what I was talking about when I just checked in with them to see if they were safe yeah and they said what are you talking about oh we had the best day ever and they had no idea about about the capital experience. Anyway, I just say that to say that there are a great many people that their heart and soul is in this uh, that are have nothing to do with January 6th, uh, the way it's reported in the papers. And I'm not sure if that's relevant to bring up right at this point or not, but there's a, there must be two camps. You know, one camp that feels like nothing bad happened that day, and then the other 450 thousand people that were there that had nothing to do with it. Anybody? 
I think so. I mean, that seems that seems to be the case. Well, I, to me, the term Christian nationalist, whatever, it's it's probably just cringy in what in who it's associated with. Yeah. I think more so being associated probably more so with Trump than anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's where even conservatives and Christians and obviously liberals and left-leaning people cringe at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what the, you know, what we talked about, what the actual definition is, then I guess most Christians, if they vote, are Christian nationalists. <laughs> why, why, why did you why say that, there, Jordan? Is there, there, is there anybody at this table we, that isn't a voter? I we, mean, yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> can. I, I do not vote, but we can get into that <laughs> later in, in how Christians engage politics. I mean, I guess it's all kind of connected because like, I mean, even if, yeah. even if it's not voting, it's still, you know, holding to what you believe for your country, for your family, for your neighborhood, for your yeah. county, for whatever. That's, I don't, I don't see an issue with that, but I think the cringiness is brought on by the former president, Donald Trump. Okay. I think. Yeah. It, I could be wrong. It remains to be seen because as yeah. as there's the possibility that he fades to the background, maybe <laughs> I don't okay. know. Just well, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't follow politics closely, but like I feel like people are kind of weighing him up. Like, well, is he good? Like, he might cost us some things too. So like, I feel like people would dump him in a heartbeat if it meant some people. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. There's but, some diehards. Like if it. it well, I, what I'm actually talking about is not so much Trump, but like this desire for power and influence mm. by whatever means necessary. So if that meant yeah. following someone else who had a better shot at that, of course I could see people going with that. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I feel like that's how Trump got into power in the first place. Like he was the best shot. Like everyone was talking about Cruz and all these other yeah. guys, and then all of a sudden, like right. maybe he was the last man standing, uh, definitely. But there were, if, if you recall, there were uh, sixteen men and one woman uh, that were, I think, uh, that were originally running, and he was literally the last one standing. To almost everybody's surprise, it was it was weird that that happened. So I don't know what the winds of change are going to be like uh, in the next election, but um, it's the. Uh, Christian nationalism is definitely going to have a lot to do with that, with what happens next. But we have a, um, speaking as a conservative, we do have an ability on occasion to back the right person, but more often we don't. Mm -hmm. More often we pick the person that we most closely believe in and, but not necessarily the most electable. And so that creates interesting things. I think that what happened in the state of Minnesota uh, this past year, again, speaking as a conservative, that happened. And so uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like in the next few years. For As we're recording this right now, the president, former president just announced that he's going to be uh, in the mix again. So we're going to be hearing about him for the next two years. We'll, oh we'll my see. Gosh. And so the media awesome. is delighted because now they have trying not to get. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted. I'm trying not to get too f- far off the track. But to me, and I've said this for a while, I've said this to Rachel, I haven't said it out loud very much, but the two-party political system just blows my mind that that's what we're using, you yeah. know? It's like, I 2016, I didn't vote for Trump because he's a jerk, you know? It's like, yeah. I'm like, this is pretty easy to see. This guy's a jerk. 
And like, but this is what we think is best. It's like, no, and I'm not voting for Hillary because she doesn't care about anybody. Right. You know, there's really not a lot of liberal or democratic candidates who actually care about people. Yeah. And so to me to go, well, we have these two choices, like, no, that's BS. We're, there's something better than that. Well, they're, but not running. I did vote for Trump. I actually voted for Trump twice. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. I voted for him in 2020, and yeah, maybe yeah, I'm the problem. But, but How I, did you no. vote, Dan? <laughs> 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 what about for school should, board this last should we year? Just, just kidding. <laughs> do I just need to like, clear even let me that put up sign in Wait, yard. wait, wait. Let's, yeah, let's set it up to go to it, because now we're talking about how Christians can interact in politics, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Christians engage in politics. Yes. That's a personal conviction. Not in my church, though. Oh, how so? I just said that out loud. Yeah. And when I say my church, I mean our church. Yes. You mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I mean is, is uh, I'm not a fan of... Uh, Preaching the gospel of conservatism or liberalism mm. from the pulpit, to Trump. yeah, or from for anybody. Did, yeah. I, did yeah. I mention I voted for him twice? Yes, I heard that. No, um, I am politically active. I never once, not once, talked about that I was running for school board when obviously I wanted everybody. I wanted everybody's vote. You My, do the announcements almost every week, so you yeah. could have brought it up. A I few know, times. but I yeah. did it on purpose. They did great. So then, my father-in-law, <laughs> the uh, week before, the week before the election, he brought it up. And God bless him. It was very thoughtful, and, and it was like an, this amazing ador- endorsement. You know, I saw but a lot I was of people literally on the, shocked on the live stream. They just skipped through that part. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was it was something, but no, I'm. I am adamantly, uh, and man, you know, there, we have several people in our church that are very politically involved and were politically involved in our church. And by the way, they helped me and they supported me when I was running for school board, which, you know, school board is school board, but it's, it was a big deal to me. It's important. It was a very big yeah. deal to me, especially this year. And they were hugely helpful. I mean, Great. they helped generate volunteers for me. And so their passion for that, I totally support in every way. Right. And I do think... Christians should be involved to stand up for because our our country is uh, going to pot, literally and <laughs> metaphorically, and uh, we uh, I have we we need to be involved with that. But having said that, I never once believed that we should say do it from the pulpit. Now they've been doing it from the pulpit in liberal churches for about sixty years, maybe yeah. maybe seventy or eighty years, and I'm not denying that. I'm just saying I don't want to just because Billy. Throws a rock through the window. Susie, do you think it's a good idea to do what Billy's right. doing? And and no. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. Otherwise, I don't have any opinion about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Man, I wish I guess, it could be more one way. <laughs> so I guess I come at this question, just seeing it for what it is, there's an underlying assumption 
when we say how should Christians engage in politics that we should. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just saying like we first have to like even clear that bar that like yes that is something that we should do. Or is there is there room for people not to if they don't feel convicted to or if they have like a something strongly against their conscience or like maybe even like for their own mental well-being. Some people can just like like tune it out like okay I need to vote I'm going to research my options and then vote and that's fine other people just get sucked down the the mm. black hole of politics and just like you wouldn't say okay just because drinking isn't a sin doesn't mean that every Christian should drink <laughs> like some people just do not cut out for it um, so maybe that's why are you looking at me like that Dan <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I'm not. not. Um, To me, that makes sense. Um, But then I also think that as Christians, too, maybe then it doesn't hurt to be more outspoken on some stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. See, I don't know how you could be, you know, step on some toes. I don't know how you can be a Christian and be pro-choice. Correct. So, So that's an example. Now, I don't... I'm not going to, I'm not judging another person. I'm not whatever, but I'm just saying because I believe that, right. I have to be politically active. Sure. Yep. And so, so I am politically active mm-hmm. and so I do that. So, but it's because of my faith. I really don't believe that you can, you can pay attention to what the Bible says and what Jesus teaches and what we teach in church and so on, and then go into the voting booth and, and pull the lever for some of those choices. I fully recognize that people do, but, but, um, but I do believe that, 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 um, that belief system that I have because of my faith causes me, I have to be politically involved. I can't be on the sidelines. And as I just said a few minutes ago, I just don't believe I should do it from the pulpit. But um, but I do believe that we, we have to be involved. But a lot of the stuff that the church is passionate about in politics is moral before it's political. So I think talking about from the pulpit about abortion laws coming up or anything, I think that's totally fine to talk about from the pulpit like hey there's this bill coming up for a vote or something you know and if you could contact your senators or whatever because as a church we're very active in helping um single moms and um pro-life centers and everything you know we put action behind our words and we can also do that um in the political sense, for these moral issues, because they are moral before they're before they're political. Should they just be moral and not ever, if not have ever been political? Isn't that kind of what it's gotten to at this point? I think every every law though is is a moral law, right? right. Well, yeah, but then or immoral or, one, or, one immoral, or, yeah. or or immoral or immoral. But I'm talking about yeah, in the sense of morality, like it's either moral or immoral, yeah. Right, but to me, in my mind, it's like, well, if it's moral, why do we need a law about it? You know, <laughs> which is just because we. That's, uh, yeah. No, I know yeah. it's too yeah. it's too simple, but it's still it's yeah. like if if this is this is what you're talking about the depravity of people, you know, yeah, that we're not good, we're terrible. Yeah, I am the worst. You know, I admit you are the worst. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Nobody could see that look. Dan gave me a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was worse than anything you've ever done, Jordan. Right. Well, oh just gosh. wait. 
<laughs> but yeah, to me, it's like, okay, so that, that I guess maybe now I'm going back in my argument, but maybe that goes to the point of like, okay, so we've gotten away from it just being common sense to now where we need to have laws about it. That to me, anything that is political is far from common sense. So now <laughs> at that yeah. point, well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't even think I disagree with that. As it relates to bringing up abortion in church, I don't. I don't think I have a problem with that. Right. Um, but um, I still take the Pastor Bob philosophy of you know election day is Tuesday. Um, make sure and vote and vote for the person that you have the least trouble praying for because you're called to pray for them. Kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So if you say to somebody, well, just remember that you know we really do believe uh, that, for example, uh, abortion is killing. Yeah. And and that's wrong. So be sure and vote for people that can support that. I think right. I think I could I could stand that. Mm. Um, people speaking from the pulpit saying vote for this person, this person, and this right. person. That's where it gets right. I, which is cringy. Very. Yeah. Yep. Even if it's a person that I agree with, that I'm like, yeah, let's vote for them. It's yeah. It it feels very. Um, distancing even from people who might not feel comfortable. Oh, I'm you know I would love to talk to people who. Are Democrats and Christians? They just don't want to talk to me. <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. I'm sure they do. I've I've I, invited them out to coffee, and they never take me well, up on it. Believe me, I have. So I've had an interesting year uh, speaking with a lot of people that disagree with me mm. on their doorsteps. <laughs> and and um, but one thing that's interesting about it all, yeah, no kidding. Well, it's like and, they don't believe in guns. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it didn't happen to me, but one of my friends got chased off of someone's property. They says we don't do solicitors. Well, I'm not a solicitor. Well, we don't do politicians neither. Whoa. And the guy he's just like you know you can get. We don't lag your folk around here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna lose my train of thought because I was trying to Don't be funny. Sorry. Can we go back to voting? Sure. For a second. Sure. All right. So it's being casually mentioned that. I, Dan Peters, do not vote. Which is not, social number? I did not know that until we got in this room. It's yeah. not entirely true. I have voted in some local elections because for me, they're less problematic. I could go and on. less rigged. <laughs> sure. Do you vote for tw- uh, Twitter polls? <laughs> That's against my conscience. All right. No, I get it. Only with blue check marks. Thank you. Um, All right. Oh, where was I, I going with that? Google Sorry. That. You, um, you don't vote. Daniel so, Peters, American citizen. Yeah. Chose um, to be American citizen. And, and I I would not say that voting is a sin. So I'm not saying people who don't have my conviction are wrong. My wife votes. And we've talked about this too. And she's cool with me not. And I'm cool with her doing that. And I don't need to know how she votes. She tells me anyway. But like where our relationship isn't um, conflicted because of that. Um, I think... What I have the hardest time with is um, the stretch from you have the right to vote to you must vote, mm. um, which is kind of what I heard you say, Jay Brian, where, where you said, I'm pro-life, so I must vote this way. I'd be curious to know, like, do you have room for people who are pro-life? I and do. I do. Not? I feel called okay. to vote. Election day is a big deal to me. Um, but it doesn't have to be a big deal to everybody. And so, as I said in that same sentence, I was saying that I don't judge people uh, sure. for, for what, their, what their beliefs are, if they're different than mine and so on, including if they, but the, the whole, and you know, what's interesting is I know you well enough, Dan, to know that you're not a guy that just goes out there and complains 
and you know whines about you know this sucks that sucks everything sucks and then you don't vote so then I would be able to hold that over your head and go yeah well if you, you voted you said it this way yeah well you know, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't see it that way sure so yeah I mean I I have thoughts on that too one like where I'm at um, I can't see biblically that the Bible demands people to vote I don't think it forbids them from voting. It's in Maccabees. Yeah. <laughs> the, co- the Constitution gives me the right to vote, but it also silently gives me the right not to mm-hmm. as well. And on the whole, if you don't vote, you can't complain. I, I get the sentiment, but actually my right to free speech is not dependent it's on not my voted. right yeah. to vote. No, I think that's okay. But can I tell you this? And I'm looking right at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am disappointed that you don't vote because, um, and, and I actually happen to know that you wouldn't always vote with me, that, that you might vote on some things, you know, differently than I would vote. Yeah. But I do know, um, that there are some elections that are painfully close where one or two votes would have made a difference. You know, there was a city council vote this year that one guy won by 40 votes over another, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. And the previous election, by the way, same guy, he won by two votes. Wow. And uh, so, I mean, so votes matter. And you lost by one vote, right? <laughs> so if Dan, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, make... that's the thing. Like, I feel like some people. Two, 259 votes, just make sure. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that. Like, so most people would, <laughs> would be fine, like, with any other conviction. Like, we did an episode on convictions. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in the archives. Yeah. You can go check it. Episode First one. First episode. Right? Yeah. Ooh, yep. no. So like um, most people would be fine. Like you do you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do me. Um, but with voting, it's like because of the the nature of like you need a majority to secure like power or whatever the, the vote is for. Um, like my decision to abstain, it, and and it's not just apathy. Like I don't I don't really care what happens. Like it's an intentional decision to abstain for a number of reasons, but that that actually becomes problematic because I'm not the extra one in that vote tally that is needed to secure a victory. So it's like I may as well be voting against you or whatever the, the cause is that you're passionate about. Right. Yeah. So, I can tell you that I was, like, I have never felt... <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm really showing my true colors here. But no I was... I, I think I texted Jordan the day after this this election... Yes. And I was like, I am struggling with so much anger right now at like people who voted Democrat. And like, I, I know that sounds bad. Like, okay, like I'm, you know, but because, because <laughs> the issues, I, I think people take more of a stance on that because it's so personal. Hmm. Um, a lot of the issues are personally affecting people and like i'm totally like fine with you not voting like because i want you to obey god over anybody else but it was a struggle for me because there's a lot of stuff that could happen in this upcoming session that would personally affect our family because of how this election turned out and so people just emotionally react it's 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 a very personal thing yeah. Um, but the other guy was going to get rid of abortion. 
just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. People who vote because of misinformation. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I I do um, I do respect that, and I I think um, you know there might have been times where like on social media I've made it out like oh you're overreacting to this issue. It's no big deal. Jesus is on the throne, and I I think like that's not the right posture to take. Like if something is upsetting my wife or my kids to tell them they're overreacting. Is, <laughs> yeah. That is not the solution. It's not bridge building. Yeah. It doesn't work on me. Yeah. And um, also, I would just, I don't want to keep talking about me, but like I would say just because I do not vote does not mean I do not care about these issues. Right. I just decide that I've decided to engage these issues on a different level. Yeah. So like I am pro-life and I, I've, supported pro-life causes and given to them and but like as far as like feeling the need to to do it on a political level at least for me personally God's told me stay away from that for now he may mm-hmm. tell me to do differently and then well an I'll argument be... could be made that your your way is is a better way because whatever we legislate it's not going to matter until people's hearts change right and do you know who first said that first time I heard that about abortion, it was Rush Limbaugh. Mm. Rush Limbaugh said in the final analysis, it really doesn't matter which way this election goes, this vote goes, whatever. I think it was back in the '90s when he said that. Until Americans have a change in their heart, where they, where their, you know, belief system is such that this is this is life and this is death, then it's not going to matter. And so, so your approach is probably uh, maybe just as effective as a vote. Um, but I haven't been released to not vote yet so yeah. Yeah. so that's sad i wouldn't personally yeah and i wouldn't want anyone to do anything that the holy spirit hasn't convicted them to do i would hope that people would be open to even hearing from the holy spirit like yeah. for me to 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 not vote the first time that happened was the first election i could have voted in <laughs> yeah and we're talking about 2016 right, i was yeah. i was ready to like go third party because jordan and i were kind of on the on the same page um like yeah, this two-party system is just whack, and Trump, no, we can't support right. that. And like, I was so proud as a new citizen to just go and cast my vote, and I remember the moment where where God started just convicting me about, like, hey, just be careful where you're placing your trust. Mm. And um, that song, What a Beautiful Name, was was on my playlist. You have no rival, you have no equal. And I'm I'm hearing those words as I'm driving by and there's all these political yard signs everywhere. And I just realized where my heart was at was that I was, I was putting, even though it was a third party name, like I was putting my hope in that third party mm. to like right. come and be the, the savior of, of this political mess we found ourselves in. Right. And so anyway, enough about me. Funny story. From I don't know. This is a lot of fun to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny story from 2016 though. I don't know if you guys remember that election at all. Maybe not. I don't know. But <laughs> so it was fun. Yeah. So I, I mean, so Rachel's dad, Dave was the pastor, senior pastor here oh at the time. Oh my gosh. And he made mention, like this was after the election. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was like, I don't know what the, con- I can't even remember what the context was, but he, he said something from the pulpit, like, 
Rachel didn't vote for Trump. And so everyone just assumed we voted for Hillary. Yeah. I was like, you know, there's like 10 other people on the ballot. We voted for the <laughs> marijuana legalized yeah, right, party. Exactly. Okay. Just thank you. <laughs> I know they don't quote unquote matter, but there's more than two people right. on the ballot. And we for did president. vote according to our conscience. Yes. And a lot of people disagreed with us. Right. My my parents included. Yeah. Um, there's, they just started talking to us again, though. Yeah. So. Even though we lived kidding. in the house for two and a half years. I'm joking. <laughs> Um, they felt they needed to indoctrinate you a little bit longer. Right, exactly. Yeah. Didn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, we felt convicted in that area in 2016 to not vote for Trump. And in 2020. And not vote for Hillary. And not Just vote for Hillary. Make, voted for... I, I, clearly. Somebody I, I, who I we don't even disagree. make sure that's, that's like said I, now. because Would never vote for Hillary. Please don't kill me. Yeah. Hillary, specifically. <laughs> 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 I did yeah. not. Never mind. Um, but we felt then we felt convicted in 2020 to vote for Trump. Um, specifically because we had seen his policies and we agreed with them. And so as did our 401ks. <laughs> Weird though, isn't it? Because I mean, I appreciate hearing that testimony because he was one of the first politicians in my lifetime that did what he said he was going to do. Now you could, you know, yeah. half the country hated him. I get that. Right. And that, or there's a contingent that, you know, didn't, didn't love him. I get that. But he did what he said he was going to do. We got the judges that he said he was going to give us yeah. and which ultimately caused us to lose. the next <laughs> 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 It's true. Careful what you ask for. That leak not was intentional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But nevertheless, he did what he said he was going to do and it was the best economy in the history of this country. Right. That was it. That's undeniable. Yeah. What happened? Where did we go wrong? <laughs> Jesus, save us. So, can, <laughs> never mind. Can we talk about like political involvement. So, Jay Brian, you mentioned about running for right. school board. So, um, See, Dan doesn't even know, because he didn't vote. I'm just, no, I, kidding. I, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He said he votes for smaller elections. Right. <laughs> people, have different, sorry. people have different codes when they come it's up to me and say, hey, I'm sorry you lost. I just want you to know I voted. For the other... Three notice, people. notice how I said that. They didn't say I voted for you. I voted. It's like, it's why you know I voted. I, voted. I go, oh yeah, I heard that loud and clear. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I did. Um, I was. I am. I'm a political person. I actually. I actually enjoy it. I. Um, when I say that I enjoy it, I mean I like dissecting it, even after the fact, looking at it, looking at how I lost and so on. And, and there are reasons why I lost, and there's different areas that I would do differently if I had it to do over again. Um, but I did feel called to do it. Um, it did cause some division in my household. And by that, just that, um, uh, my wife didn't like seeing uh, me get attacked the mm. way things happen. And there's other things too. Obviously, if I'm doing this, then I can't be doing this at the same time. And there's a lot of times where I was taken away from family issues and things like that. But I did get a firsthand look at the, how the politics works. I got a firsthand look at Christian nationalism, if you will, at work. We have a local group called, um, they call it a CAT group, S-C-C-A-T, Sherburn County uh, Community Action Team, something like that, which is a highly effective group. And they purpose, they worked, did I say that wrong? I was just Work on the acronym. Sherburn. Scat or cat? Scat. 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 So, okay. But, but Scat. we, we, we okay. called it cat, you know, okay. those of us that were right. the community action team. But, and there's a lot of them popping up around 
around the area, but their purpose is to try to get um, conservatives involved in school boards and in uh, city councils and in county commissioners and things like that. Aren't school board nonpartisan? That is not true. School boards have always been partisan. They have. Mm-hmm. What they, isn't partisan? Yeah. You know, and as I as I like, I tried to convey to the electorate. Everybody has a perspective. Everybody has a point of view. They just it depends on whether or not they share it mm-hmm. or not. School boards have been liberal for decades, um, and almost entirely liberal for decades. And people don't pay attention to it. And we we raised the bar this year, so we. We definitely got people talking about something that nobody had been talking about for a really long time. And that's a win. Um, three of us were running. Two of us did win. I did not. Um, but it was an interesting experience. Hmm. Would you do it again? I would. Um, but it's a conversation that has to be had in my household first. Um, because if I don't, if we're not in agreement about it, then I can't do it. I hear you. But, it's, um, but I would. And to be honest... Uh, I tried to, Renee and I were having this conversation the other day. Uh, if you are in your younger years and you're dating somebody, and if they break the relationship off with you, um, you have a tendency to want to go back in, fix it, try to try to you know go again. In other words, if you lost, you go back for more. And if, you, if it wasn't their idea, if it was your idea, it would be a different story. Um, but I definitely wanted to win. And uh, because of the way I'm wrapped, I'm competitive, and so I want to win. So, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about not putting our faith in the results? We can talk about it. But also... Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> working, like, being political and working hard, because that is a hard balance to strike for me. Um. Well, if you're like me, you wouldn't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> Be like Dan. <laughs> because the issue I see in Christianity, in America specifically, is that we have had such an easy time of it. <laughs> you know, mm, yeah. no religious persecution, and things have just been relatively easy going mm. for us. And we place that on politics, which it is, I mean... There's a good portion of that. You know, we've we've had biblical laws. Um, we've had what? Biblical, you know, okay. laws, you know, in place. And now it's kind of unraveling right now. And so, and, and the reason that I am involved politically isn't for myself. And, and it's not just for my family. It's because the stuff that I vote for, I see helps other people mm-hmm. while I'm helping people besides politically. And I know the other side sees it that way too. Like they think they're helping people too. It's just in a completely different way than I see. So how do you, how do you toe that line? Like not putting your trust in it, but also. I was, uh, I was totally bummed out, uh, obviously, for the election results, but I, but I would have been if I hadn't been running, too. I mean, just overall, there were certain people I was supporting that didn't know that. But I do, I think it's a certain kind of maturity mm. um, to when the football game's over to five minutes later to be able to walk away from the TV and get on with your life. And I'm able to do that even after this last election. There's a, a part of us, I think, if we're mature Christians, that we should be able to go, okay, well, I see how it is. And uh, so what other ways can I affect uh, the world 
or you know people around me. I tried to do this, that didn't work. So what can I do? Dan gave some you know excellent examples of what he does or what he can do uh, to be involved and to donate to, give to whatever like pro-life causes without necessarily voting that way. Um, and we can do all those things, but I think that's part of it. Mm. Um, there needs to be. Uh, uh, I don't like the way we look when we're um, when we didn't get our way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. I don't like the way I, as, as a group either side. I don't, I don't like, like the way, the way I looked when the elections didn't turn out. I was like, this right. is really ugly. And I don't think that's particularly attracting. Which brings me back yeah. full circle to why I don't like politics in church, mm. is because that. What's our mission? Our mission on Sunday from the pulpit is to attract people to Jesus, not to attract people to my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in fact, I don't think God's interested in my point of view about me. I think he's, he's interested in our point of view about him. So we should find another way. That's not going to change me being involved because I believe we can save lives. If an abortion law changes to the extent that fewer abortions are going to be had, even if it ticks off people that I know, and I know people that literally conservatives that voted differently this year because, or said they were going to vote differently this year um, because of you know things that Dr. Jensen said or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. It's I'm just I'm going to stay in the game. Yeah. Uh, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like one thing that would help is just tempering our expectations a bit. And I don't know, this might sound a little bit doom and gloom, but I was talking about like the statistics of the Christian makeup, practicing Christians and what those practicing Christians actually believe. And like, if we take that at face value, Christians are in the minority. And if we need like majority or in some cases, depending on how the election works like a plural, a plural, I say the plurality, word, plurality. Yeah. You know, if we need some kind of numbers and like the numbers just aren't even there, I would just expect that this environment, this country would become more hostile towards Christianity and its beliefs. And it's not that I'm seeking that out or that I want that, but well, I think we, I think we should like actually be discipling people to expect tough times and that you will be hated. There might be jobs that you want that you can't get because of the beliefs you hold. Maybe even like running for office, it won't, it won't be something you can do as a Christian because you hold certain beliefs that just exclude you. And I'm not saying that's yeah. right. I'm just saying like Jesus said, expect the world to hate you because right. of me. Right. And we need to disciple people to have skin thick enough to handle that. I can agree with that. Can I, can I just, uh, I want to address that as a person that ran, whether intentionally or not, as a Christian uh, running for school board, the attack that I got more than any other attack was my faith. Hmm. Mm-hmm. In this community, in this world that we live in, uh, in this community right here, the most common attack, mostly on social media, but not always on social media, was, well, you're, <laughs> this is, I got a nickname from it, but um, they called me the Zealot. You don't want to vote for that guy. He's a zealot. Jay and, Brian the Zealot. It's kind and, of nice to ring, actually. And it's and it's it's preposterous on its face. But but is did I walk? Did I run as a person of faith? I absolutely did. Because one of the things they ask you is, is well, tell us about your background. And I go, well, I'm a pastor. 
I'm a family life pastor at my church. My wife is a lead pastor at our church. Um, we're heavily involved in all kinds of things. We do marriage ministry and whatever, whether that was important for me to share or not, it's the truth. That's who I am. And that's what more than any, more than being a conservative, more than not being a college graduate, that never came up in the campaign, not <laughs> once. That, you know, you're running for school board, but I don't think you, you're not as educated as I would think you should be, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. No, it was about my faith. Mm-hmm. So um, would I change that in the next like in the next cycle, if I ran again, maybe, maybe, maybe I would change the way I would say it, but I would expect if I'm going to be true to myself and true to God, that I'm going to, I'm still a Christian and I'm still a pastor. But that was interesting. This is a conservative community. And that was an interesting thing to be attacked for because I thought it was more of a Christian community than it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I, I think like, what I'm getting at too is, uh, I don't even know if I want to go down this road, but this whole idea of you guys have heard of the seven mountains of influence. <laughs> I just, I, I get the heart and the intention behind that. I think to be salt and light wherever you go is a good thing. I mean, commanded by Jesus. I'm not so clear on the teaching that Jesus wants us to dominate these mountains of influence. I'm not even sure like that, that teaching would make sense to all people groups throughout history. Like it seems like a very American American or Western (laughs) kind of teaching. And so I feel like some of our expectations are also built around that. And so, I don't know. I know there's people in our church who, who hold to that belief. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's strong enough to build a foundation upon. I don't think it is. Well, I, um, whether it is or it's not, um, I should say that whether they use it in other countries or not, or whether it's the way it's done in other places, that never holds any weight with me. Um, but it's being used as a, a Christian mandate. That's why I think... So it, I, I, guess, I guess I can understand where you're coming from as it relates to that, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, sometimes I'll just grab yeah, onto something like... Sure. You know, we all have roundabouts now because it was a good idea in another country. And, <laughs> and by the way, I'm I'm starting to like roundabouts. Oh, it's, what? it's taken ten years, but, <laughs> oh, but no, I just sometimes uh, just because we we do it in this country, but they don't do it in other places. That doesn't sometimes I just kind of go so what? But um, what would you say because we do have a unique system? Well, we do, and yeah. I've traveled to other countries, and I get it. We stand out yeah. because we're louder. We're mm-hmm. we literally walk freer. Than other people, we could never utter a word. We could be wearing Ukrainian clothing, and people could spot us a mile away just because of our overt, because of our our behavior. We do walk in a kind of freedom uh, that is different than in other countries. And I'm sure there's a lot of other things that make us different, but there's a lot of things that we do in this country that they don't do in other countries. Yeah, I I guess I'm fine with that as long as it's not like as as long as God is not the robber stamp for. Like this is the mandate, and God's told us to do this, and people taking that like it's scripture because mm-hmm. it's not it's not on that level. I mean, if you want to say we should be involved in in our spheres of influence and be salt and light, sure, I can get on board with that. But this idea that we need to dominate from the top down and that's how we're going to bring about God's kingdom, that is not a scriptural teaching, and it's mm-hmm. not. I don't think we can put God's name on that. If you want to say that's a good idea for how to have political power, sure. 
that even might be practical and it yeah. might work. I, I, can, I can agree with your perspective on that. I've been close enough to people that are in political power to say that I'm not sure I want to be like them. Mm. And um, the people that want to have that power, I, I get it. I see, I, see the, um, I see the desire for power as being different than the desire to, to uh, make the world a better place. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's two different things. Yeah. Um, here's something. Uh, the phrase, make disciples of all nations, this kind of ties back to Christian nationalism a bit. I've heard, I've heard this verse used in, from the, the Great Commission. You know, it says it right there, go make disciples of all nations, so we need to be making Christian nations. <laughs> Do, is that how you guys understand that verse? No. Okay. So I'm not the only one. I thought there'd be way more disagreement. <laughs> no, but, I, but I, under, I understand the confusion a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it does say every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And when it's that amount of people, like in a nation or whatever, you know, like I guess it depends on the percentage of people in a nation. So are I, you? Is I, the, I don't know. It's the question: Are we trying to convert people to Christianity or convert people to Americanism? No, um, I just I think it's a floor to conflate making disciples of nations with making nations Christian. I think if, if you read that in context, when, when Jesus is saying make disciples of all nations, he's saying take this good news and take it out to individuals all over right. the world. Because up until that point, it had just right. been about God and Israel mm-hmm. and kind of the, the scandal and, and the the contention in the New Testament was that this good news was for other people groups too. And so to take that a step further and say, no, Jesus was telling us to go make these Christian nations. And, and when they mm. say that, sometimes people mean like, go make Christian governments. Right. I don't know if you could link that to Jesus's so to some intention. De- to some degree, it's marketing. Um, uh, t- Anybody that wants to sell their product, whatever that product is, I'm sorry to, to call our faith a product. But if you do that, um, you, there are certain things that you can do to get more and more people to want to have that product. And one of them is to you know tell people and have little neighborhood parties and little Tupperware parties and whatever that is. And you can, all of a sudden you get more people doing it. But if you do a commercial on air or if you influence an influencer or if you get somebody who is a famous movie star or a politician or an athlete to endorse the product and so on. You can get more and more people that'll have buy-in for it. That's just how it goes. And I think to some degree, a Christian nationalism might have something to do with, and we can even spread the word more effectively if we get leaders involved and so on. And I'm not saying that that's a good idea or a bad idea, but I do understand it because to some degree, I think it is the marketing of a product with good intentions. Um, I fully recognize that I just like took our faith and pretended like it was something you could buy on the shelf. <laughs> Ronco food dehydrator. Right. <laughs> but but what I mean is, is that it's because of that, and maybe it's just something I'm stumbling on right now, that sometimes we go down that road. We're trying to influence nations from, uh, from the top instead mm. of from the bottom. We've tried to influence nations from the bottom. There are millions of uh, people that live in China now that are, are believers but I also can tell you that that hasn't had an effect on the government yet. But yes. is that 
wrong? I mean, it's no. not like the Bible promised that like you would have, you know. No, nope, it didn't. No. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm so, I'm just saying that that I yeah. understand why how that happens or why people want, you know. Did I like the fact that um, George W. Bush was a Christian? I did. You know, I he loved sp- him. He spoke a language that I understood. He was invited to our wedding. He was invited. It's very thoughtful. He denied choice. it. Rude, but he sent a letter. <laughs> I, that's great. Dan, did you invite the president to your wedding? <laughs> I did not. Okay. Well, makes you feel any better, neither did I. different perspective on this because you're not from here and i know that you came over when you Blimey. were young <laughs> oh my gosh i know you came over when you were younger yeah but i'm i'm curious if that changes any of your perspective around christianity in america yeah you know what's funny my wife asked me about this as i was heading out the door to record this and my first response was like i was only 15 how could i be influenced by anything that happened there, how would that affect my views here? What I would say is that I think the period between like when I arrived here in 2000 to when I became a citizen in 2015, yeah. So that, that 15 years I was living here as a, as a foreigner, not as a citizen. I was technically an Australian citizen, but like enough removed to where like that wasn't really my home either. So I had this identity of like not belonging. And in in Hebrews, it says we're from a line of people where they thought of themselves as foreigners and strangers on the earth, longing for a better country. Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven. First Peter 2.11 talks about foreigners and exiles. Like that language I could identify more with because I didn't have a home in those years. And I'm an American citizen now. And I get that this, these verses here don't negate my American citizenship, but I think maybe I do, like, I really, really emphasize my heavenly citizenship over my earthly one. Like, I don't hold them on the same level. And I know people would say, yeah, I don't either, but, like, in practice, I view one a lot higher than the other, and so that's why it's maybe easier for me to disengage from some things. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I say, like, yeah, I'm a citizen of heaven, first and foremost, but in practice, it's a whole lot harder for me, because I'm like, this stuff affects my kids, and right. it's going to affect is, their kids. This is about affect- saving lives, if we can. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. that, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, you've been, you know, you've been the part of a foreigner, and... Yeah, and it, it was... I felt homeless during that period. Mm. And so like what I learned during that, there's a part of me that doesn't want to give that up. Cause like 
there was like a closeness to God and like an identity in Christ that formed that I would not want to just hang out to dry just because now I have my American citizenship and I got mm. my voice and my rights and courtesy of the red, white, and blue, <laughs> which I'm really grateful for. I, Do you I, know that's interesting. You, you probably have some very godly soul ties to that period of time. But I would ask you to consider if you've got any soul ties to that same period of time that are worth re-examining to, uh, to maybe ditch. Sure. I mean, because there's some of it that I, I, I just hearing the words come out of your mouth, I go, well, that, I totally get that. That's, and I think that's okay. But that must have been hard yeah. to feel like you didn't belong during that time. And um, I mean, you, whether you're aware of it or not, you can hear it in your voice. That was, I mean, 15 years old. It's a terrible time to move. I know. Can you? Well, no, my parents know that now, but <laughs> well, and I, I wish and you could have gone they, back. I in know time. that they love you, and yeah. <laughs> and I, I get that. But you know what I mean? It's that's right. That's a critical time to not just move to another state, but well, halfway across the world, move to another country and pick Minnesota. I mean, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Woof. <laughs> so I do want to be like super clear too, because I don't know if what I've been saying has sounded really one sided. Like I love this country. I became a citizen, like, and I had to like go through a process. I wasn't just born a citizen. Mm-hmm. Like, it cost me something, and I would do it again, totally. And um, like, when the Olympics are on or the World Cup is on, like, I'm Team USA. Mm-hmm. Okay, all, the, all right, all the sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> and, that makes up for you not voting then. It does not. I know I'm free. <laughs> I love the 4th of July. Like, whatever critiques I have of this country and the flaws that it may have, I celebrate the 4th of July, and I don't think it's right to point out someone's flaws on their birthday. I think you celebrate Mm. the good in someone on their birthday. So, like... That's what the rest of the year is for. (laughs) (laughs) Pointing out flaws. (laughs) We have a separate podcast. Uh, When Dan leaves, we we stay another hour. It's called Why Dan's Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, great. It's great no yeah that's i appreciate you i really appreciate your testimony about that that's really cool and yeah that's good but if you could change that'd be great i'm just I kidding know. i'm <laughs> oh kidding my gosh. i'm wondering if my uh, membership is going to be revoked by the time right, this yeah. uh, podcast <laughs> this one will never get released now that's right <laughs> no, that's fine no, because yeah, dad, dad does the editing. Right, exactly. That's true. Oh my gosh. No, there's it's definitely something to hold to that. That's that's I don't think a lot of people can say that, you know, a conviction like that. Cause you do, based on our guys' text, probably come under fire. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Which you know, it's which is fine, but it's like that's your conviction. That's what you believe, you know. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's that's something to and, hold on to. And, and like it's God given, so it might right. it might not always be that way too. Right. God might right. release me to say, okay, your motives are definitely in the right place, and I think maybe you could engage without getting Run caught for up president in the trappings. Well, I don't know if I do that, but I do think like there's biblical. No, I can't. That's right. <laughs> not natural born. So, right. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm, oh, I'm a citizen, I get, get but I'm a, four more years. Yeah, right. I'm a second class citizen because I cannot run wow. for office. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, wow. I do think like there is biblical precedent for like serving as an advisor to a ruler. Mm-hmm. Like you see that with Joseph, Joseph. and Daniel. Dan- mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So like if I was called upon Jesus. 
Like, of course, maybe I wouldn't want to do it, but I'd have to like take that seriously right. and say, I'll God, give Trump you. your number. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> this is going to be huge. I'll tell you what. Have you seen Australia? Wait a second. No, I'm, no, I'm mixing things. Ask him to design yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, my exactly. gosh. Do you need a website? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there, then, you know, you and I, Dan, have kind of built a relationship with, um, I don't know what his title is, Pastor Mike. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of the chaplain to the Senate and the House and whatnot. And to me, I just admire him so much for that because he's just like, no, you pray for everyone, you know? And like, yeah. mm-hmm. he's in that all the time and he sees all the bad and all the good, but probably more so there's a lot more bad. So for him, and every time we've talked to him, he's just like, yeah, you just, you just, they're all people, you know, Mm -hmm. they're the same as you and me and their convictions are, you know, opposite of mine, but their convictions are as strong as anybody's. It's like, you just gotta, you just gotta pray them through stuff. And when they're going through stuff, you know, they go through the the same crap that we do. It's yeah. Can we talk about praying? For our elected officials and our leaders, Ooh, sure. Is it is it hard? Like it's oh, hard it's for hard. me. Yeah, oh. so hard that I it's don't hard. even do it. <laughs> Gosh. Well, at least you're honest, and I would have to say I don't do it as much as I should either. No, same. And and a lot of that can be like personality too. Like I don't like you as a person, so it's really hard for me to pray for you. Yeah. It, which hmm. is not good enough. You know when I actually like did it regularly was right after the 2020 election. So when Biden got inaugurated or whatever, I honestly regularly I was like God change them or do something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Take him out. <laughs> but yeah, that was yeah. That reminds yeah, me of my someone else of that that I heard um they were asked they they were just going on this rant about praying for Trump, and then someone said, "Well, did you pray for Obama?" And he's like, "Yeah, I pray that God would take him out of office every single day." <laughs> it's like, okay, but that, like, that, that, is that, that is that count. in the spirit of like, uh, I forget the verse, but where it says, "Pray for the emperor." Like that emperor was a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. a lot of bad dudes. Like, <laughs> Nero and yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think like. We get off the hook as easy just no, we're because right. to, we're, yeah. we're called to pray. Yeah. We actually teach that in this building. Yeah, We're called to pray for our leaders. Um, I will say it helps if you can find compassion for them. Right. Yeah. And sometimes compassion is just another way of connecting with Jesus's heart. Yeah. Heart. Mm-hmm. And I do have compassion for President Biden, but um, because of his obvious, to me, what is an obvious illness? Yeah. Um, the, not everybody ages the same way and he's not aging well. And I don't know, I mean, there might be somebody listening to this that thinks, well, I'm not a doctor, I can't make that call. I, I can observe with my own eyes. You know, when I see a guy running for Senate in Pennsylvania that can't string together a sentence, I can still have compassion for that man because the people around him should have done something differently last May. Or the people around President Biden should have done, in my opinion, should have done something different. Whether we have a different or a different party in office or not, um, I have compassion for that guy being there, and he's obviously being used. That's my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I can pray for that. Being used by God, is that what you meant? I don't... I, <laughs> no? He's, oh. he's a leader. He's a leader. He's put in, he was put in place, and God puts people in authority, and so we... You know, we are called to, but I'm just, just to answer that question, is it hard for me to pray for these people? Yes. But every now and again, as a pastor or a pastor's, having a pastor's heart, I can find a reason. I was just thinking about what you were saying about viewing people through God's eyes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I didn't vote for Trump. Not a fan of him for different reasons. (laughs) <laughs> but um, but he's not taking it personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I realized was like I was praying for him, but like my heart was still not like right. in, in the right, right place, and that mattered to me. Like just to be, I'm not just praying out of duty. Like I actually do want to. It doesn't mean I have to like like the guy, but like at least God give me your perspective. Mm-hmm. And one thing that helped me was I believe God showed me that I need to see people who they are as redeemed. Imagine them saved and then like in new creation, God's healed their heart and made them whole. And whatever flaws they had, God has just fixed that with his peace and his wholeness. Like who is that person? And I was able to see Trump as just this fun, fatherly figure who is like just lavishly giving out gifts to his kids. And it just took all the harsh edges that exist in the natural and I was able to like right. put those aside and then just pray for the person and not the baggage. It's, I'm telling you, it's easy. It's much. It's much better because, in fact, that's what we're kind of called to do. Mm. Is I'm, I'm praying for that person, and yes, I'm praying for the person in the office. But I'm just saying it makes it easier uh, when you can have a heart connection. Yeah, one of the I went to um, a woman's theology conference two weeks ago. Oh boy, here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Women uh, should be pastors. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, finally, <laughs> that's resolved. <laughs> that's a relief. Um, no, it, it was really good, but one of the things, the, the main theme was evangelism um, and not just handing out tracts and everything, um, which that makes me uncomfortable, but um, Try door knocking. Oh my gosh! Oh no! Um, and they talked about seeing everyone not as a project but as image bearers, and that's helped me. God is in the process of convicting me. That's good. That's good. <laughs> of stuff. seeing people as image bearers of Christ, even though. They're not redeemed yet. They haven't accepted Christ yet. Their, you know, their behavior or whatever isn't what, but but they're still image bearers, and they still have value, and don't see them as a project. Just pray for them. How Holy Spirit has you pray for them. And in 2020, with the whole COVID stuff going on, God woke me up consistently at like 3 a.m. and I could not go back until it I wasn't started. Wasn't our kids? Are you sure? It wasn't our kids. Okay. Um. And I could not go back to sleep until I started praying for our governor, Governor Walls. And Damn I. he he did that to me for like two weeks. God just woke me up at 3 a.m. and had me pray for Walls. And I finally got it around like the second week. Like, oh, I'm not going to go back to sleep until I start praying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's, that would have been really hard for me to do. It was really hard for me to do yeah. because... I just wanted to... I'm still mad yeah. at him. So, yeah, it's... And and I've been praying, like... And especially 
like with this whole like um, session coming up and everything for the Minnesota House and Senate and everything, um, I've just been praying for God to just change their hearts. And you know what? Even if they don't vote the way that I want them to, that he would encounter them and they would like their salvation is worth more than right any political any political thing. Yeah. And so God has been convicting me and I've slowly been having my heart changed. Very slow. Very slow. But it does help to see them as image bearers and to kind of imagine like what I would say to them if I was with them face to face. Like would I start cussing them out and all this stuff or would I see them as image bearers and show the love of Christ? Yeah. Well, I know. I know that. I know that you would. I know that you would see. Them I don't know that I would. Well, but I, yeah. I think you would. That's a lot of equity there. Jordan, tell, us, <laughs> tell us the truth. You know, yeah, Rachel. Exactly. Better than anyone. I have a question. Oh boy. I have the answer to because. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Oh. So do you have a question? So you're a lawyer. What? Big what deal. <laughs> um. Oh, that would have been a fun career, because I like arguing, don't I, Jordan? <laughs> No I know who I'm praying for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, separation of church and state. What are your thoughts, everyone? What are your thoughts? Man, I thought we were winding down. Oh, no. Uh, we're just getting started. Yeah, we're, we're we have 45 minutes left. Ding, 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 winding up the chainsaw. I have again. to be honest. I, I can't wrap my head around it. Like, every time I think I know, then, like, I'll hear someone else's argument, and it's just not clear to me what that means. And I know... Probably all of you are going to tell me what that means. But. I am. No, I'm <laughs> she said she had the answer. <laughs> okay. Because I, I have a lot to say about this, but go ahead and read what, what you know about I it. I feel like you two have the same answer. We, well, we do. So we only need one of you to speak. One, two, yeah. three, go. No, I guess, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. I don't, yeah, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to somebody. You're going to have the details. So Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter talking about how the government... Because America started because... The Church of England was heavily political. Um, it was influenced by the state. And they didn't want that in America. Um, so the separation of church and state was actually Thomas Jefferson talking about how a government shouldn't involve themselves in the church, which I have some thoughts about the tax-exempt status of the church, Uh-oh. but... I won't go there. <laughs> you and Why I not? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's only so long this But it wasn't be. about keeping faith out of government, which we can clearly see our founding fathers put their faith, you know, they, they used it into creating the Constitution and, and putting beliefs and values at of the their Christian end, faith. Yeah. <laughs> at the very end. Um, <laughs> so the purpose of the government is to protect its people, and it's not to take the responsibility of what the church should be doing. that That's a tangent. Um, well, it's, and, and of course, the next part of the conversation needs to be that what it says, I think the Constitution says freedom of religion. Freedom of religion, not from Not freedom religion. from, for, from, for, from, from religion. Okay. So, I mean, and that's a big difference. And um, so, first of all, it's not in the Constitution. Um, uh, we can have conversations about church uh, in in politics and politics in church, if people decide to, that's you know that's there's freedom to do that. But the whole point of it was was that nobody we there wasn't one team we were going to to 
to say, this is the team we're supporting. Mm-hmm. You're the winner. All the other ones, you can be here, but we're going to give our favored status to this group right, right here. Yeah. That's all that it means. Yeah. So when people, and they do because they did it to me in the last eight or nine months, you know, we don't need, what about, somebody said, uh, we don't want somebody like you on the school board because what about separation of church and state? And I just <laughs> went, that's my only reply to that means. was, is you know, that's not a thing, right? And they didn't respond back. But I go, <laughs> anyway, but people believe that. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, the, the difference, this is my, maybe going on a little bit of a bunny trail, but the difference I think between conservatives and liberal leaning Christians is I believe liberal leaning Christians think the government should do the church's job and conservatives believe the church should do the church's job. I would agree with you. That's, um, and, and, Obviously, some conservatives are, you know, have more faith in the government and they don't do what the church should do because not all conservatives are Christian. Um, But when the government, this is what I have written down, when the government does the church's job, then they stop doing their job, which is protecting its people. So. What would you, I agree with that too. What would you say that the government doing the church's job looks like? All of the social just like all of the social social justice stuff, I feel like that is the church's job. So it, to take care of the to the, take care of the orphans, the widows. The widows the yeah. It changed aliens. in the thirties. Um, it it was a result of the depression. Um, there's tons of arguments. I'm sure that can go both ways, but my perception is is that the depression lasted longer because of social intervention, because mm. of government in- intervention. Um, Social Security came out of that time. It was intended at the time to be uh, not not an all-inclusive thing. It was a stopgap measure to help people because people were literally dying of starvation and Mm -hmm. things like that. It was the beginning of something that has become a huge monster. Was the this is a kind of off tangent maybe, but was the Church of England a Catholic church or a Protestant church or Anglican? So it was Episcopal, Episcopal, kind of like Episcopal. So it was an offshoot. They had to have an offshoot because the king. Back in the day, wanted to have more than one that's wife, right. yeah. Okay. And, and the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church, that. so that's not a good idea. Oh, that's and good. Mm-hmm. so he said, "Well, off with their heads," and yeah, something like that. Oh, and Henry a little bit. the Eighth. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that guy. I feel like that brings us back full circle with Christian nationalism. At least the group that would say we want to identify as a Christian nation and promote Christian values and culture. That's fine, but then, like, when that happens, whose whose version of Christianity is right? Yeah, right. And I feel like I feel like that Europe went through that. Yeah, because I feel like once once one group gets power, it won't just be like, oh, we're all on the same team. You'll start to have these clashes. I can I can tell you what I think Christian nationalism's intent is. It's not to take over, but it's to retain. Now, that doesn't mean that that's what everybody believes, but I, I do think the goal is to pump the brakes and to, um, because they see us losing this nation as it was, and there's going to be freedoms lost and, 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 and as consequences and so on, and um, it's kind of all downhill from here. That's, that's what... Which in turn hurts people. You yeah. know, it's not just about freedoms lost. It's about how those freedoms lost are going to affect the orphans and the widows and the ones who 
need help, you know. Um, when we don't have those Christian values or beliefs, people do suffer. We see that in nations. Well, you can't, um, you, you can't promote single-parent households, see what's happened in the last 50 years, and then, with, and then just go, everything's okay with a straight face. Right. Good yeah. thing we've got these programs. So I think Christian nationalism uh, at its core wants to stop that. Um, but you're asking an interesting question, but that's maybe even a bigger question. So to what end? If, if Christian nationalism were successful, then where, what does it become? And that's an interesting question, yeah. even a little bit frightening to me. Yeah, because we've seen it in this nation that Christians <laughs> in the easy times get complacent and they rely on the laws to reflect their beliefs and they don't actually live out their beliefs. That's why we see such a low percentage of Christians in America right now, because it's been so easy, and they just consider themselves Christians because they were raised as a Christian. Yeah. Whereas, like, in China, you're not going to say you're a Christian unless you're really serious, because you could get you killed. You could get killed, right? yeah. You know, so what's the saying? Like, easy, uh, hard times create... Does anybody know that? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't. Know? <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, Michael Scott. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> Hard times create soft people. No, 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 no. The early bird gets the worm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. First of all, you're making a really good point. <laughs> you win some, and you lose some. Nope. Nope. That's not. That's can't, not. It. Can't believe a penny saved hasn't come up yet. So. Yeah. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. So it's just a cycle. It's just a cycle. And I think, I don't know. I, don't I like just think, I just think until God, Jesus returns, that just might, we, I mean, this is nothing new. No, that's the answer for everything. I agree. You know? Yeah. Until I, Jesus returns, we're just, we're on a, we're, we're on a loop, right. you know? And we just have to be obedient with what he's given us and what he tells us to do. But nations rise and fall and... Where we are now in America reminds me of Rome it does. in 70 AD. You guys were there? Yeah. Okay. Time, Time machine. <laughs> yeah, right. God, I forgot. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, okay. This room's but. smaller than I remember. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Thinking Well. We hope that this will lead to fruitful conversations in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with the latest and to join in the conversation surrounding faith and culture, follow us on Instagram at Thinking Well Podcast. Thinking Well is a production of Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information about Living Waters, visit livingwatersmn.org. 